Hello and welcome to Biblical Moments. I am your host, Evangelist Frank King. Thank you for listening to the podcast today. You know, I believe most people know that Christianity is based upon and centered around the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the person we must place our faith in to be saved. So it behooves us to know who was and is Jesus Christ according to the Bible. That's what I want to address in this episode. I will be teaching from the gospel according to John chapter 1, and I will be using the King James Version of the Bible. The title of this episode is The Person of Christ. A foundational teaching and belief among Christianity is that there is only one God and he manifests himself in three distinct persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. By distinct persons, we mean they are not merely three names for the same God, but they are three distinguishable persons who make up this one God. Because they are distinct persons of the totality of God, each one is distinguishable from the other. But they are always in perfect agreement. Everything Jesus taught was compatible with the will of God. Everywhere the Holy Spirit leads us will be compatible with the will of God. The distinct person of this triune God that I will talk about today is Jesus Christ. We know him as the Son of God. The study of the person of Christ is called Christology. One reason we should study the person of Christ is because the Christian faith is based upon and centered around the person of Christ. That's why the Christian faith is commonly called Christianity. Unlike Matthew, Mark, and Luke, John starts out by giving us a brief theology on the person of Christ. He gives us a perspective on Christ that we find nowhere else in the Bible. It's only by the Holy Spirit that John can possibly write about Christ on this level. In the Gospel according to John chapter 1 and verse 1, John writes, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So in this verse, the word is being personified. And John says two powerful things about the word here. One, the word was in the beginning with God. In other words, the word did not become one day. The word always was. And two, the word was God. 
that puts him on equal par with God. That makes sense. There is no ranking in God, even though he manifests himself in three distinct persons, God is one. Now, verse 2 is another way of saying what verse 1 says. That is, that the word was in the beginning with God. Now, think about this verse in terms of the omniscience of God. If Jesus was with God from the beginning, that means he was with him before the fall of man in the Garden of Eden. So God didn't dream up this person referred to as the Word because God's original plan came to naught. No, God knows the end from the beginning. So the Word or Jesus was in the beginning with God. For instance, in the Gospel according to John chapter 17 and verse 5, Jesus says to God in prayer, Glorify me together with you, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. So here in John chapter 1 and verse 2, John tells us that the word was in the beginning with God. Verse 3, all things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. So the word, or Jesus, was not just hanging out with God. He was involved in everything God did in the creations. We often think of Jesus as the Savior, or the Messiah, and he is. But before he was either of these, he was the creator with God involved in every aspect of the creations. Now in verse 4, John reveals how this person referred to as the word transforms our life. He writes, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. I believe the life that was in Christ that becomes light to us manifests itself in two ways. One, since he is referred to as the Word, the light comes to us through his teachings and examples. In the Gospel according to John chapter 8 and verse 12, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. And number two, when we believe on Christ, we are translated from darkness to light. Now this light that we receive through Christ is a mystery. The world can't understand it. This is what John says about that in verse 5. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. The word comprehend here means to apprehend, to seize, to take possession of. The light of life that Jesus imparts to us, the world can't lay hold of. 
The world can't even understand it. Through Christ, we become a peculiar people in this spiritually dark world. I know that's how it was with me after I became saved and people who knew the old me met the new me. They were mystified. That's what happens after you meet Jesus and he transforms your life. The light that we walk in is incomprehensible to this dark world. Now, so far, I have addressed the first five verses in chapter one of the book of John. And he has been referring to this person called the Word. I, at times, have been referring to this person as Jesus because I have read the rest of the story before. So let's skip down to verse 14. That's where John makes it very clear who he is referring to as the Word. John writes, And the Word was made flesh, and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So, the word was made flesh, and we beheld him as God's only begotten. What we have here is the marriage between the divine and the human. We don't understand that, But when Jesus came down here, he was fully human and fully divine. Some refer to him as the God-man. He may have looked like just another human being, but he wasn't. He was God clothed in the likeness of human flesh. That made him the perfect offering to die for our sins. This is the Jesus we believe in. He was not just a good, moral human being. He was God manifested in the flesh. Because of this, he often said things while on earth to irk the religious leaders. They thought he was trying to be more than he was. For instance, when Jesus said to someone, Your sins be forgiven thee. They accused him of blasphemy because human beings can't forgive sin. But Jesus had the power to forgive sins because he was deity. What we are saying is important because what we believe about someone determines how we relate to that person. For instance, if you had a friend who called you and asked for permission to stay at your house for a couple of days and nights due to an emergency at his own home. And he was known to be a thief. You would associate him with activities of theft. If while he was at your house and something went missing, wouldn't the thought at least enter in your mind that he has what's missing? Now, let's assume that all the conditions are the same except the person is not a thief, but one whose reputation you believe to be above reproach. So, if 
Under that scenario, something goes missing. While he is staying at your house, you're more likely to believe that perhaps you just misplaced the item. I'm just saying that what we believe about someone determines how we relate to the person. If you believe Jesus was no more than a morally upright human being, you can discount everything he said relating to his divinity. But if you believe that he is the deity as he claimed to be, you dare not discount anything he says about who he is. And I say to you, on the authority of what I have shared in this episode, that Jesus was and is deity. Praise God. And because of all that I've said today, Jesus could make the bold statement that he makes in John chapter 14 and verse 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father, but by me. He didn't have an identity crisis while on earth. He knew who he was. He said to Philip, the one who has seen me has seen the Father. No, Jesus was not just a good man on earth. He was the fullness of God manifested in human flesh. That's the Jesus we must believe in if we want to be saved and experience the abundant life he came for us to have. If someone is listening to this message and does not know Christ as his or her savior, I want you to know that you can know him today. All you need to do is repent of your sins, confess Christ as Lord of your life, and believe that God has bodily raised him from the dead. And according to the Bible, you shall be saved. Hallelujah. Finally, I want to thank you for listening today. I hope that you were blessed as we talked about the person of Christ. And until next time, this is Evangelist Frank King saying, may heaven's best be yours.